It's a historic Sunday. We're broadcasting from our North Platte campus. I couldn't be more proud of this campus. You guys are incredible people. Uh, as I get a chance to look around here, uh, I'm just seeing um, people with incredible stories, amazing stories. Uh, many of them I know, and it is really, really good to be one church in multiple locations today. And so I know, I know, look, it might be different for some of you in different places, and today it's going to be different even for the North Platte campus. But I really do believe that today is a historic day because I have a word for you today, something that God's been burning in my heart. This is not a series. We're not starting a series today. This is a one-off Sunday where I, I know God put a word in my heart for this church, uh, meaning all of our campuses, including online. I know God did that. And, uh, man, I, I'm just excited to bring it, all right? But before I do that, can I just ask one more question that I like to ask almost every Sunday, and that's this. Who still loves Jesus today? Come on. Yeah? Man. I know that I do. I know that I do. I mean, without Jesus, life, life really doesn't have a lot of purpose to it. And so, man, here at New Life Church, we just want to say that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we're excited to be worshipers of the King. So today, you guys ready for this word? I'm going to tell you right now, like, it, it's going to be a challenging word. It's going to stretch us today, okay? It, it's going to take some of you, and it's going to cause you to have considered your faith and to reevaluate your faith. It's going to cause you to actually look at who you've been and how you've been trusting God, and it's going to cause you to even make some changes to that. It's going to cause some of you to say, I thought I had faith, okay, but now I know what real faith is. So today what I want to talk to you about is this, the difference between proactive faith and reactive faith. So these two words, proactive and reactive. To be proactive means this, that you create something or you control something that has an outcome that is what you desired. Okay? But, but the other side of it is instead of, re, instead of responding to life. So proactive means to create or to control, to produce something instead of responding to things all the time, which is basically what reactive is, right? Reaction is like something happened, therefore I will now act. God's really calling um, you as a person, and he's definitely calling his church, including New Life Church, to not be a reactive church, to not sit around and say, yeah, we love you, God, we trust you, God, and if you'll get everything just lined up and you'll make everything just perfect, then I'll do anything for you. No, God's asking us to be proactive. Guys, did we hear God's voice, right? Do we know who we are in Christ? Are we walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? And are we taking big, bold steps of faith for God? Proactive. So let me give you some examples. Like in our communities, every single one of our communities, we've got a group of people called first responders. Are there any first responders that are at any of our campuses today? If you're a first responder, would you just put your hand up really quick? A first responder. Anybody? All right, all right. Like, I don't think we have any here at the Kearney campus. We got one. What? Did I see one? Way over on the right. Way over on the right? Oh, way over here. Okay, at the North Platte campus, here we got one. All right, awesome. We love first responders. Amen? Yes. Come on, at all campuses. All campuses. We do. We, we love first responders. I mean, these are like EMT and, and fire department, right? And these men and women, and, and there's others, I get it, but th like those two are big, big groups. Uh, they, they respond to what? They respond to your emergencies. And if you've ever had to make a 911 call and needed someone to show up to your house because something was on fire and, you know, you did it and, you know, you didn't want anybody to know about it, but you needed some help to get that kitchen fire out, right? Um, 
and I don't have any personal stories about that, so I'm sorry. But, I mean, if you ever had to call them, man, you were thankful they came. If you ever needed an ambulance, you were thankful they came, right? If you ever thought that you were 23 years old and having a heart attack, you're glad the EMT came. That is a personal story. <laughs> and, I, and it all came down to this. Like, wait, what did you eat last night? Well, I ate these little burgers. They were called White Castle burgers. <laughs> and I had, I had dropped like a ton of these sliders that are really, they have a nickname. They're called belly bombs. And um, it had created so much intestinal gas that it was creating pressure, you know, and I felt like I was having a heart attack, and the doctor was like, get out of here, right? <laughs> um, and so, anyways, well, you like, you like it when the first responders come, because they, they are responding to your emergency. Now, they don't go create emergencies to respond to, by the way, all right? We create enough of them on our own, but they, that's what they do. They're reactionary. They respond. They, they react. They're not proactive. Now, the police, on the other hand, any police officers in any of our campuses, um, if you're here, man, just put your hand up really quick. All right. Oh, that was the one. Okay. Awesome. Hey, and we love police officers too. Come on, people at New Life Church. Man, we do. At all campuses, I'm going to tell you right now, we are pro blue. All right. Um, although I, I think you guys wear a lot of black uniforms, but anyways, it doesn't matter. All right. Like, we love you. We love you. We love you even when you're in our rearview mirror. With your lights on. <laughs> right, guys? Okay, come on, because you got to love them on both sides, all right? Both sides of the stone. That's a song we sing around here, okay? You got to love them on both, both sides of the bars, okay? All right? So you got to love them on both sides of the bars. So, um, but anyways, I mean, police officers, like, they do respond to our emergencies, but the other thing that they do, their big role is to be present and to be seen. I mean, that's the big role. I mean, look, if, if police officers, when they're in the neighborhood, people see it, people know it, it, it changes the behavior. Come on, you know when you saw a police officer, you let up off the gas. It changed your behavior instantly. It made you go, oh man, I should obey the law, right? That's what police officers do, right? When they're seen, right, and when they're felt, and you can even see like in, in communities proven across America, around the world, when, when there is a large predominant police force right, that is friendly, that is building relationships, but is present and seen, crime goes down. So what are they doing? They're being proactive, right? They're proactive in what their, in what their stance is. Even you, as an individual, you've had both proactive seasons and reactive. When you were young, you were, more, you were way more proactive, right? You did things, you took greater risks when you were young. And the older we get, we get more risk adverse. Most people, not all people, okay? Um, not all people. But when you were younger, and if you were trying to like save for retirement, all right, I remember my dad telling me this because he, he had a securities license, and he told me like, look, you take great risk when you're young, and then as you get older, then you get some of that money pulled out of the stock market, and you put it in safer places so that when the stock market does what it does like lately, you don't lose all your money. And so we, we take greater risk. We're proactive, and then we become reactive. All of us do this in all of our lives. The question I have for you today is this, the kingdom of God. Is the kingdom of God a reactive kingdom or a proactive kingdom? Right? Now, in light of the fact that I'm highlighting the proactive aspect, the right answer would be the kingdom of God is a proactive kingdom. That God is one who creates and God controls situations by causing them to happen. That's our God. Uh, the definition of proactive is the definition of God. 
creates and controls and makes things happen. Our God is a God who looks into the unknown and creates the known. He looks into the void and he creates purpose. He looks where there's nothing and he turns it into something that is life-giving. Guys, this is what our God is, right? From the very beginning of time. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it said this, that the earth was formless and empty. So what did God do? Bam. He brings, he brings purpose to it and fills it up. The very next verse, it says that, you know, and it was dark. So what did God do? Hey, I'm going to be proactive. Boom. Let's make light. You, you, you just go a few days into creation. Day number four. Here's what you find out. There's a massive void. The universe, it has no stars in it. So what does God do? Let there be stars, man. And he just flung the stars where they belong. And then what does God do after all of this? He creates you and he creates me. And when he creates us, what does he do? He creates us with a void on the inside. And that void on the inside was there on a purpose so that we would call out to him and call out to his name and say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and I want you to be my leader. And that he would come and he would fill that void. Amen? So the, the kingdom of God is a proactive kingdom. Why? Because we serve a proactive God. So do we see this in the ministry of Jesus? Because Jesus being fully man, but yet fully God, is it there? And yes, my friends, it is. Listen to what Jesus said about the kingdom of God. This blows my mind away. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12 says this. From the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, what does it say? Read it with me. The kingdom of heaven has been what? Forcefully advancing. It's not sitting still. You don't forcefully advance sitting still. But this is our faith. Our faith many times is like, I'll sit here, God, until you open up the heavens and you make it clear for me. But that's not proactive. Proactive is a forceful advancement. It's a going. It's going someplace. God's purpose for his kingdom is to be expanding. It's to be advancing. And what I love about this passage is that Jesus purposefully mentions John the Baptist. Here's the reason why I love that, okay? Because it could, if he left out John the Baptist, we could have assumed then that the kingdom of God advances by God himself. But when he brings in John the Baptist and he says the kingdom of God has been advancing since this man all the way until this moment that Jesus was talking, then Jesus, in, he, what he's doing is he's inserting you and me into the plan to forcefully advance his kingdom. That means you and me have a part to play in the advancement of his kingdom. If you call yourself a Christian, you don't get to sit on the sidelines. You don't get to play it safe. You don't get to be reactive. You and me are supposed to continue the journey that John the Baptist did. What was his journey? Proclaiming that Jesus is the Son of God. That's proactive. That's what you and me are called to do. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, and he says these words. Go, what did he say? Go and make disciples of all nations. You know, go, man. I mean, think about it. Go is what? Proactive. It's a proactive command. You can't say, you know, okay, go. I'm going to stay here. No, go. Man, I got to take a step. I got to put something into, into action. And what I love about Jesus is that right after this, he says, look, if you go, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to be with you all the way to the end of the age. There's never going to be a day or a time that you and me are going to outlive that command. You can't outlive that command, right? If you can live to the end of the age, the meaning the end of this time, when Jesus comes back for his church, then good. You get to live to that moment, but you won't get to outlive it. 
right? So no one outlives it. Jesus is with us. He is for us. That means he's called you personally to be proactive in your faith, but he's also called our church, New Life Church, to be proactive in our faith. I think the Apostle Paul probably gives us one of the best examples of what it looks like to, in a practical way, live out proactive faith. Because if, we, if we're going to go, our next question is this, where do I go? That's our next question, you right? If we're going to follow the commands of Jesus, then where do I go? Well, Paul shows us exactly how to be proactive, how to go sometimes without even knowing where you're going to be. That's faith. When you know you're supposed to go, but you don't know what's next. See, this is the way God is with our lives many times. He'll show us what the first step is, and he's asking, will you take the first step before you ever know what the second one is? That's, that's our God. Proactive faith is, I only see the first step. I'm going to go. This is the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to reference it, okay? But if you want to look at it, Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 8, you're going to get this example. Paul wanted to go and visit the churches that he had planted. That was his mission. And he wanted to do it with this guy named Barnabas, but Barnabas wanted to do something a little different, and so they ended up going two different directions. Paul ends up picking this guy named Silas, and they start out on the journey. And here's what we, here's what we know about the Scriptures. It doesn't tell us exactly where he's going to go, but it first starts by telling us where he can't go. Because the Bible instantly says that, that Paul recognized, oh, that the Holy Spirit was keeping me from going to the churches in Asia. So here's what's interesting. Paul wanted to go, so he's going to go. And as he starts packing the bags, he gets Silas with him. He gets all the things he needs. He's got the money, right? He's got somebody to watch his house, babysit his dog, right? He's got somebody that's going to come over, you know, make sure that the doors are still locked. You, you see what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't actually do that. But, <laughs> but he's getting everything set, and he's getting ready to journey out. And in his spirit, he senses the Holy Spirit going, Hey, Paul, I know you want to go to Asia and visit the churches, but that's not where you're supposed to go. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm not, then I just, just stay here. See, he didn't even ask the question, should I just stay here? Because the Bible doesn't even say that. What the Bible says is in light of the fact that he can't go to Asia, he turns east or west, excuse me. He turns west and he starts heading through the region of Galatia and he starts ministering there. And he starts ministering as God gives him opportunities. And then he gets to the border of another region called Mycia. And the Holy Spirit goes, nope, that's as far west as you're going to go, my friend. Oh, man, I just thought we were going to keep this going west. Like, this is going to be awesome. We'll go all the way to Ephesus. But no, that's not, what, that's not what it is. And so he gets to this border, and he senses this uncertainty. But he doesn't quit. He doesn't quit. So he says in his own spirit, okay, well, I still think we need to go. So he turns north, and he goes, okay, well, then I'm going to go up to this other region called Bithynia. And he travels for days, guys. Okay, because he's not driving in a car. He's not flying in a plane. He's most likely walking, catching rides here and there as he can. And he walks for days. And he thinks, this is where I'm supposed to go, only to get up there and God say to him, no, that's not where you're going. So instead of giving up, instead of being frustrated now, like, well, you don't let me go to Asia, God, and, and you, don't, you don't let me go into Mycia, and you don't let me go to Bithynia, I'm just going to give up. Instead of doing that, he goes, okay, well, God, I still believe that you want me to go. I still think you want me to take steps. I still need to think, I still think you want me to be proactive for your church. So then he says, I turned west again, and I decided I'm just going to go all the way through Mycia. Like, if you're not going to let me minister there, I'm going to go all the way through there to whatever's next. 
and he, he journeys for days until he gets to this seaport called Troas. And in Troas, tired from the journey, he falls asleep that night. And what happens? God gives him a vision called the Macedonian vision to go to a region that he had never been to before to minister to a lost group of people that he's never ministered to before. God puts us in his heart like, like it's never been there before. He wakes up the next morning, boards a ship, and he takes off. I want you to notice today, it was the proactive faith of God that got Paul to the place where he received the vision to be exactly where God wanted him to be. If he sits back in Antioch before he ever starts the journey and gets the door slammed to Asia and gets the door slammed to Mycenae and gets the door slammed to Bithynia, then he never gets to Troas where he gets the vision where it's across the sea that he needs to go. He never gets it. I'm, gonna, I'm suggesting to you today that if he's reactive and he sits back in Antioch, this story never gets told today. But this story revolutionized and it changed the known world for Christ. It's a proactive faith that got him where he was going. But Paul was, he was behaving with something that really Jesus had taught. Jesus had taught this principle of, look, as you go, ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Would you please read it with me? Okay, it says this, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. You see the behavior there? It's not just once. It's not like, hey, ask and then just wait. No, it's like keep on asking. It's not just seek once in prayer and then wait for everything to happen and develop and make it easy for you. No, it's, he says, keep on seeking. It's not just a one-time knock. It's a proactive, keep on knocking. Then doors will be open. Then things will be made clear. But we have to go, and we have to keep on going, just like Paul said, just like Paul modeled for us. Right? You see what I'm saying? Like, that, that's proactive faith. Like, I'm glad that Jesus didn't say, hey, you know, demand, wish, and just plow through. Because that would create a lot of headaches for us. Like, I'm going to demand things from you, God. I'm going to hope that, I'm going to wish on things, like wish upon a star, like Jiminy Cricket or something. And I'm just going to go plow through things. This is the way our faith is many times, though. This is, not, this is not a proactive faith. A proactive faith asks and it seeks and it knocks. And Paul knew that spiritually lost people needed the hope of Jesus. So he proactively went. But he went asking, seeking, and knocking. He went with a confidence, church. He went with a confidence. He knew that God had gifted him. He knew that God had anointed him, right? So he went with a confidence. But he, he, he went with this sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. I'm confident, God, that you've called me to this mission. I'm confident you called me to plant this church. I'm confident you called me, called me to lead my family in this way, God. I'm confident that you called me to dedicate my life to you. So it doesn't matter how hard things get. It doesn't matter how many roadblocks get put in place. I'm going to keep on going and he went with this sensitivity and it's obvious that paul went with that sensitivity because when he noticed that there was a shut door he altered course i want to tell you today that proactively living out your faith with god is not is not the kind of faith that is rash it's not the kind of faith that's going that she called 
you know, harm and damage to you and to those around you. It should be a calculated faith, but it should be a faith where you go not knowing what the outcome is, asking, seeking, knocking, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and as he closes one door or he, or he points you in a different direction, you alter your course. But most of us, we don't like that. Most of us, that doesn't make us comfortable. For, for most of us, that's not the kind of spiritual journey we want. Here's the spiritual journey we want. God, make our plans like 100% clear. Let me know the destination before I ever get started. And then we like to pre-plan, right, the resources needed to accomplish the mission. This is what we like to do. We like to do all of that before we ever take one step for God. I know this because most of you, if you go on a vacation, you're going to plan out everything on the vacation before you ever take the first day. I know exactly what hotels I'm going to stay at. We know exactly what the flights are. This is where we're going to stop for gas. And by the way, if somebody has to use the bathroom, we're going to stop right here. And then on day one, we're going to go to this theme park. And then on day two, we're going to go to that one. Oh, but by the way, we're going to leave. We're going to eat lunch at this place. Oh, and in the morning, we have to be at this place by like 6.30 in the morning. Sorry, guys. And then at night, we have to do this. And then when we get home, we'll get home at like 7 p.m. And we're all going to be at bed by 9 so we can wake up the next day and go to work. Oh, and here's the manual, kids. Like, review it. Because you're going to make this vacation the best one ever. <laughs> Follow the plan. This is who we are. Maybe not to that extreme. But many, some of you are. I know families that create manuals for their vacations. And they've asked me, would you like to go? And my answer is a quick, nope. <laughs> I don't want that vacation. I want to know kind of like, where we're going, I kind of want to know where I'm going to stay, but after that, let's just find out, right? Am I going to be on the beach that day? I don't know. Am I going to be like hanging from some rope from some jungle place someday? Maybe, right? A bungee cord off of a bridge that I have no idea if this guy's even licensed, bonded, or insured, <laughs> probably, right? Up in an airplane, jumping out with a parachute that I think works, yes, I mean, that, that's like, I just go with the flow kind of a thing, right? See, proactive faith is not coming up with the entire plan. It's just knowing what the next step is. Proactive faith says this, that when you have a clear call from God, here's what you do. You go. When you sense an urgency to seek and save the lost, here's what you do. You go. When you have the confidence in God's e equipping and provision, like, God, you'll provide for me. I know it because you've done it in my past. God, I know you'll make a way because you've done it in the past then what do we do? We go. But when you proactively go, you go asking, seeking, and knocking. This is what we did here at this church. I don't know, many of you don't know the backstory, but the reason why this North Platte campus exists today is because at the Kearney campus, we decided to plant a church in our, in our campus, in our church, like a church in the gym. Like we went and planted something just like this in the gym, made it work just like a video venue to make sure, can this actually work? But we did that not knowing that we were ever coming to North Platte. We, we didn't know we were going to go to Ogallala. We didn't know we were going to go online. We didn't know. We don't even know what's coming next. We just know this. God said, will you go? And so we went. And then what happened? It was crazy. All of a sudden, we get a phone call. Hey, we got a building. It's downtown. You guys want it? And there's a checking account with some money. <laughs> um, let me think about this. No, we, there was no thinking. There was a yes. Yes, because that's what God was telling us to get prepared for. Like, do that. Get prepared for this. 
And it was just as if man, God was just going, look, here's where I want you to go. But we didn't know. But we went, we took the first step not knowing what the second step was. Then you guys out here at this North Platte campus were so incredible and amazing that you outgrew that church. And so we had to take another bold, proactive step and build this. Mm. And we purchased this new building, built out a large church, and then put some commercial bays in. We're so thankful for the commercial bays that help pay the lease. Thank you. Thank you. We love it. That was a big swing of proactive faith. Big swing of proactive faith. But you know what? We couldn't have done it. We could not have done it if it wasn't for the amazing leadership of your campus pastors, Dave and Tiffany. There's no way for us to do it. There's no way. And you know what we sense God asking us to do? We sense God asking us as a church to go beyond three campuses. To go beyond an online campus. And to go and follow God's vision. To just keep planting life-giving campuses in communities. And it's been a while since we've done that. It's been a while. But what's been burning in my heart is the Holy Spirit asking me, Jeff, will you have proactive faith? Or are you going to sit around and wait for me to give you another building? Because if you just keep sitting around waiting for me to give you another building, that's not real faith. Real faith is this. Will you go like Paul went, and will you start knocking, and will you start seeking, and will you start asking? And to do this, guys, here's what has to happen. To do this, we have to, we have to make more pa campus pastors, we have to make more pastors like Dave and Tiffany. That's what we have to do. We have to raise up more of them if we're going to make this happen. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold on to your seat for a second, because i got some big announcement that I want to make. I sense the Holy Spirit asking me to take a very bold step of proactive faith. If we were ever going to see more life-giving campuses be planted, more campus pastors being raised up, and more people finding Jesus and lives being changed. So I obediently followed that big ask. And here's what that big ask looked like. For me to go to Dave and to Tiffany and to ask them, I know, guys, look, you've been at this campus for eight years, but would you consider leaving this campus to help me plant more life-giving campuses and to expand what God has given new life to do? Would you take on a position, a brand new position that I'm creating called pastor of expansion? Would you do that? Would you leave amazing people, a loving campus, one that we just built this brand new building, would you leave that so that we could reproduce this over and over and over and over again so that more people could sit in seats just like you sit here in North Platte, just like you sit in Ogallala, and just like you sit in Kearney. Would we be willing to sacrifice to go see more and more and more people find Jesus and lives being changed? Dave and Tiff took a couple of weeks to pray about that, and they came back with a resounding yes. We'll do it. So in a couple of months, Dave and Tiff are going to be moving to Kearney, and they're going to start overseeing all campuses, all of our campus pastors. They're going to help us make sure that the culture that's happening here at New Life and North Platte is being replicated at all campuses and future campuses. And to do that, they're going to oversee everything that happens in this auditorium, right, on, on a Sunday at Kearney, worship, tech, audio, and they're going to be the pastors of future expansion, helping me find places. They're going to go out like Paul did. They're going to go out and they're going to knock and they're going to seek, right? And they're going to ask. And we're going to watch for doors to be open. And where God 
closes one in one community, we're going to turn and go to another community. But instead of waiting around for buildings to come to us, we're going to go start knocking on doors. Why? Because there's a world of lost people that need to know Jesus loves them, and he cares about them, and he's seeking them, and he's asking for their souls, and he's knocking on their heart, and he's asking, will you open your door up to me? And we want to be that kind of church that goes and seeks and saves the lost. Amen? That's who we want to be. And I know that you're reluctantly clapping here at the North Platte campus because you're like, what did he just say? You're turning to your neighbor right now and you're going, did he say what I thought I heard him say? Like, you better hold me back. I'm rushing the stage. I'm taking that guy down. Like, we're not, like, Jeff's dying before Dave and Tiff get out of here. All right? And I get that. Like, I get that. But here's the good news. The good news is we're one church in multiple locations. We're not losing Dave and Tiffany from New Life Church. How cool is that? That they're going to oversee the campus pastors here. They're going to help make sure this campus is healthy and all campuses are healthy. And by making this move, we're going to position ourselves to line up with what Jesus said, to be more forcefully advancing the kingdom of God. That's what we're called to do. So I got good news for you. Here's the good news. When God calls one person to do something new, he always is at work filling that spiritual leadership position. And God led us to Tyler and Sarah Baroni, and we've been training them, literally, to be future campus pastors, right? Their picture's on our screen. And it's obvious to all of us that God has gifted them and God has anointed them to be campus pastors. I mean, Tyler preached a couple of weeks ago. I still have people talking about that sermon. Some of you are still talking about that sermon. Some of you even wrote them cards about that sermon. Right? And we were impacted by that. Why? Because the favor of the Lord is upon their life for such a time as this. So it was obvious to me, and it was obvious to our executive team, it was obvious to our deacons, right, that we would ask Tyler and Sarah to be the new North Platte campus pastors, and they also said yes to that. But right now in Kearney, everyone's like this. <gasps> right? Because they love them there. I mean, I think the Kearney campus was secretly praying that Jeff would move and that Tyler would become somewhere down there, right? I mean, there's such a love for them and their kids and their family. And so, North Platte, can I just tell you this, North Platte? Look me in the eye for a second in North Platte, okay? All right, the rest of you hang on for a second. In North Platte, I want you to know this. We are literally sending you our very best. All right? Our very best. And uh, the fact that Dave is going to be over Tyler and he's going to just keep working with Tyler, you guys are going to keep feeling that, um, that influence of Dave and Tiff. So can I just invite uh, Pastor Dave to come to the stage uh, here at the North Platte campus with me right now. And with everybody at all campuses, give it up for Pastor Dave. Come on. Right on, dude. Look, uh, I love you. And I honor you uh, for being a man of God, for being a man that was, I mean, you've got so many friends here. And being a man that can say, you know what? I love these people. 
and I'm always going to love these people, but I sense God calling me to do something beyond what I'm doing right now. In fact, I sense that, God, you used North Platte to prepare me to do something bigger. Like Paul planted many churches all over a region, I see that same anointing on you. And you're a man of God. I love you. And I just wanted our congregation at all campuses and this campus here at North Platte to hear from you as to, like, what really is in your heart for this season? How did you get to this moment? And what's really burning your heart for this next season? So take it away. About a year ago, I was at a church worshiping, and uh, I sensed God just say, Dave, will you follow me? And I had no idea what was going to come next, but I just said yes. And in my spirit, I just said, yes, Lord, I will always follow you. And then right after that, he, he said, make disciples. Wherever you are, make disciples. And then months later, Jeff comes to me with this idea and just says, you know, I don't know if this is of the Lord or not. I sense it is, but I want you to go and make that decision as well. And so Tiffany and me, we, we have a value of walking in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says to do that. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Another translation says to keep in step with the Spirit. And so in order to make sure this was the Spirit and not just my father-in-law, I did what I ask everybody else to do when they're trying to discern if a decision, uh, if something that, you know, an idea or a thought has come to them, if it's of the Lord or if it's just them. And so I started by reading my Bible day in and day out, and it was confirmed. There was a a passage in in Jeremiah 6. I'm not going to go into it, but it was basically just saying, God, uh, I I felt like God spoke to me and just said, Dave, it's not about what you want. This is the path that I have for you. And I'll be honest, I wrestled with that a little bit because we got the dream team here. Uh, Not because we're so great. We just love being on a team together, Kara and Trevor uh, it's been amazing. I never thought I would love to share an office with people. I like to be by myself, focused, getting my work done, and God's done a miracle. I love sharing an office with you guys. The second filter then I used was to go to a couple spiritual leaders, and they were in agreement. They basically told me, they said, Dave, if somebody was to write a job description that matches all of your strengths, your giftings, your experience, it'd be this. And then Third, I went to prayer, and I just asked, Lord, give me peace. Give me peace about this. Your word tells me that one of the fruits of your spirit is peace, and so I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask that you would give me peace about this decision. And I was praying through this auditorium one day, and I'm circling the center section over and over, praying, and and just, again, Lord, I want to be in step with your spirit. And Jeffrey, there was a moment right behind you, where God brought me back to, Dave, I asked you to follow me and I asked you to make disciples. Will you do that? And I knelt there, I wept, and I just said yes. And so that's where we're at. And I'm humbled and I'm highly motivated. Tiffany and I are so motivated to go and plant other campuses so that we can see the life change that we've seen here. So that we can see people find Jesus We can see lives changed, we can see addicts set free, we can see marriages restored and taken to greater heights than they've ever experienced so we can see more students make a decision to follow Jesus at a crucial age, to give their lives to him. We wanna see communities transformed and if it means that God is calling us to go and be the, the, the pastors of expansion, then so be it. 
And if we didn't want to walk in step with the Spirit, we'd stay here. And we'd remain your campus pastors. But that wouldn't do you justice. And it'd turn us into hypocrites. Because we'd want you to follow the leading of the Lord. And we wouldn't be doing it ourselves. So that's where we're at. All right, all right. So in wrapping this thing up, let, can we just like take it from corporate? Because I said there's both a personal and a corporate, all right? I just want you to know wherever you go, you're proactively changing the spiritual environment. Wherever you go, it, it doesn't matter who you are, what you know about God, wherever you go, you have the ability to change the proactive uh, to change the spiritual environment in a proactive way. And so what I want you to do is invite the Holy Spirit to lead your, lead your way. I invite him to lead your journey. This is what Paul did. This is what Dave did. This is what I've done. Like, invite the Holy Spirit and then listen, right? Listen for his voice. Ask, seek, and knock. But walk in confidence, church, that God has gifted you and his spirit lives in you. And there's a purpose of why you're here on this earth. And I want you to maximize that. So start doing something for God. Start going. Get that first step, and that's all you need, and start going and start trusting God. Don't wait for the heavens to open up, because they're not going to open up. Don't wait for the clouds to open up and for God to speak with some resounding voice that everybody in your neighborhood can hear, and then you'll go, oh, that's God. I'll go. No, in the quietness of your prayer time, when you're driving your car, right, when you're laying down, you're getting ready to go to bed, and the Holy Spirit puts that thought, he puts that idea in your mind, and your instant reaction is this, like, what? That's nuts. I just want you to take that first step, but go with the heart of asking, seeking, and knocking. Why? We're living in the last days of the last days. We're living where Jesus said, I'll be with you to the end of the age. We're at the end of the age. That's the time in which you're born, you're alive right now. We don't have much more time before Jesus comes back. They're really literally, historically, biblically, you know, um, doctrinally, there's nothing keeping Jesus from coming back right now. When you look at it, when you look at the timing of what, what Jesus has done and what Jesus said, what would it be like when I'm going to return? The time is now. We don't have a lot of time. So we sacrifice now to win souls for the kingdom of God. So let's ask, seek, knock. Let's be proactive in our faith and let's make an impact for God. Are you with me today? Yeah. All right, come on. Stand with me at all campuses. Stand with me. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you're at work. Thank you that your spirit keeps tugging on our hearts. Thank you, God, that there is something beyond us that we're living for. Thank you for this church, God. Thank you for people like Dave and Tiff who have modeled for us today. Lord, what, yours, what your saints modeled for us like, you know, centuries ago, um, more than 2,000 years ago. Lord, modeling what it looks like to be obedient followers of Jesus and proactively taking steps into the unknown, knowing that, God, if you made the first step clear, you'll make the rest of the journey clear as I walk it. So, Lord, would you give us proactive faith that keeps expanding our hearts and it keeps expanding your kingdom and that forcefully we would be people that are advancing the kingdom of God in Jesus' powerful name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.